Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore, and welcome to another edition of North Shore News Week, the podcast about all the stories, um, summarizing all the stories at the recordnorthshore.org, your friendly neighborhood nonprofit news site. Uh, I'm Joe Coughlin. I'm here with Martin Carlino. We are co-founders of The Record. Um, uh, Martin's the senior editor. I'm the editor-in-chief. And uh, we're just going to break down all the news we covered in the past week for you in three simple uh, segments. Uh, We start with our lead story. Then we go to Up and Down the Shore, where we touch on every community that we cover from Glencoe to Wilmette. And we finish with our featured feature, where we talk about just a profile we've done in the past week in, in a little more detail. So um, and then we send you on your way. So we try to keep it short and concise, but remember all these stories you can read in their entirety at the record Let's get it started. Our lead story. Uh, it's election season. Uh, welcome. It's busy, busy over here. And we hope you're just starting to do your research or you have some time as well. But um, when you are ready, you can check out the website, our website at the record And we have plenty of previews coming up so far. We've previewed a $10 million bond referendum out of Glencoe, a carbon fee referendum that's an advisory, non-binding referendum um, served to the township, um, the new Trier president, I'm sorry, the Wilmette president race and the Wilmette village board race, the park board race is coming up a little later today. So we've got so much action um, for you guys to check out, but really we've done this to <clears throat> the entire goal. Of this is offered free of charge is to, uh, I guess, stimulate civic part- participation and kind of enable um, information to the voters. So if you guys do vote, we hope you do, um, that, uh, you can do so with an informed decision or at least with the information accessible to you. Um, so again, um, the referendums, both Marty, you took a look at both want to give us a brief, um, look at what, uh, the voters will be looking at. Yeah, we'll sure. We'll start out with the, uh, township advisory question that you mentioned, Joe, because this is something that is going to, Uh, be on the ballot for all voters in our coverage area. So throughout Nutria Township. And this question is just going to simply give voters the chance to weigh in on a a bit of a national political issue. And that issue is um, climate change and the the potential of a, what is being described as a carbon fee um, for fossil fuel producers. So you'll see that question appear on your ballot. And it, it is, as you mentioned, Joe, a non-binding referendum question. So that means that the results are not going to lead to a direct change, but they're going to be used more in a, in a, in a guiding uh, format. And the township is going to look at them and see if the uh, residents in our five coverage area community, communities feel that this is something the township should make a, a top priority. And the interesting thing with this referendum is it is directed towards the United States Congress. So it's a a bit of a a national landscape in that sense where um, it's the specific question that's gonna appear on the ballot is asking voters specifically, shall the US Congress pass legislation to to place that carbon fee that I mentioned on fossil fuel producers. So um, it's not something that's gonna lead to immediate change, but something that um, is going to give not only the not only Nutria Township but other nearby townships, and then potentially at the national level as well, um, some guidance on on how voters feel about um, issues related related to climate change. So, um, shifting over then to 
Glencoe, and this is specifically only going to be for Glencoe voters, um, they will be asked a, a referendum question to authorize the issuance of $10 million in general obligation bonds, bonds, excuse me. And if approved, those bonds will fund um, several years, three years, I believe, worth of um, some community capital infrastructure pro projects throughout Glencoe. So those areas that they're targeting for the projects, if the funds are approved, are some stormwater management improvements, some sanitary sewer work, um, street resurfacing, and sidewalk, potentially sidewalk replacement, and some lighting ins installation as well. And Glencoe voters have to authorize these funds because Glencoe is a non-home rule unit of government, meaning um, to issue debt at this level, they first need approval from the voters. So we've, in, in both of the stories that I just discussed, we have um, further breakdowns on our website and we have the specific referendum question you will see on your ballot. That way, um, when you go in and, and you vote in the upcoming April 6th ele election or possibly even sooner with early voting, um, you'll be well aware of what these questions are and, and what the impact and what they mean um, will be. So I encourage you, if you still have a couple questions on these, on these two areas, to, to check out the full breakdowns we have on our website. Yeah, Mark did a good job breaking those down so you guys can kind of get the ins and outs um, from officials who know. And um, some of the previews we have up so far, um, we're, we're trying to get to every contested election, but right now we have the Wilmette presidency, which is uh, exclusive interviews um, that I did with both candidates, Joel Kurzman and Senta Plunkett. So you can see the videos. Um, we covered topics such as uh, vacant storefronts, economic development, um, inclusion in the community, um, cannabis sales, cannabis sales. <clears throat> we talked about a lot guys. So we, we covered our man also has a pretty significant birthday coming up. We had some fun with some questions <laughs> in there about the uh, upcoming 150th. 150th celebration in Wilmette. Uh, Cess, uh, I can't even say it. I don't even want to say it. We'll say 150th <laughs> birthday. There's a special word for it that I can never pronounce, especially on demand. If you want to hear the pronunciation for it, trustee Plunkett mentions it in her, in her interview with the record. <laughs> So those are full uh, videos. You can check those out. We also did the Wilmette Village Board Preview, which is actually a recap of the forum from the weekend, with it, which is, was put on by the library and the League of Women Voters. But it was all five candidates giving their answers on a series of questions very similar um, to, to the presidency questions on things that are affecting Wilmette. Um, you'll see a transcription, very easy to navigate. Um, I think the League of Women Voters is working on putting up a video too, which we'll link to. Um, we're doing the same thing with the park board, which should go up tonight, and it's nine candidates. Um, there's another forum on Saturday um, for both uh, the Kenilworth races for village president and for uh, trustees, as well as the second round of Wilmette. So District 39, new Trier board, which affects the whole township, and um, the library. Almost forgot about the library. All contested elections in Wilmette. So Check out that. You can go to the Wilmette Library website and register for those. Um, we'll also have our own exclusive preview of the Nutria Township Board, which is coming up on Monday. And early voting starts Monday, guys. So you can check out our starter guide for everything from, uh, you know, uh, how to register, when uh, voting start, early voting starts, when it ends. Um, and soon enough, uh, your, your polling place, you can find out how to get to that when it's posted. So a lot yeah, of info. We, we have a specific elections page that'll give you all that. We definitely encourage you to check that out, particularly, um, you know, for all residents in our coverage area, but 
depending on, on where you live in our coverage area, you might um, go into cash your ballot and you might see three to four contested races with uh, multiple candidates in there. So we always encourage um, the, the, the creation of a, of a more informed um, voting electorate. So we encourage you to um, check out a lot of the information we uh, have up and hopefully that will help guide um, your decisions and, and help you make what you feel is an informed decision as you vote on uh, what will likely be some contested races on your ballot here. Couldn't have said it better myself. So that's our lead story, guys. Go ahead and check out uh, that on the recordnorthshore.org and under topics, click on elections and you'll see all those stories and more. Um, we're going to move on to, to up and down the shore and we're going to start in Glencoe, our northernmost uh, community that we cover. Uh, we had a, a few entrepreneur stories out of Glencoe recently, but one um, pretty cool story about a creative cookie maker. Yeah, great introduction there, Joe. And for our readers who have been following the site know that in the in the past couple of weeks, we've had a story on uh, some budding entrepreneurs from Cuevos who made an appearance on Shark Tank. And then also a, um, a Glencoe resident who is a smashing success with a pinata business, no pun intended there, maybe just slightly a little bit pun intended there actually, but we've got a, uh, we've got a new story on some entrepreneurial spirit in Glencoe with um, resident Wendy Silverman, who um, started her own uh, cookie business, Peace Love Cookies. And this is a dessert company that uh, sells brownies, bars, cakes, cake jars, um, and what seems to be the most possible, most popular, I should say so far is personalized sugar cookies and really interesting backstory on Wendy and her career. She um, sort of called it, uh, gave up a, a successful career in marketing and advertising to further pursue peace, love and cookies. And um, now it seems that it's all working out very well. And, um, you know, the residents are around our coverage area and, and certainly those close to her have really taken a a really good welcoming to it. And this is just a really awesome story about a, um, a resident just, just exemplifying that entrepreneurial um, spirit. And it's even more encouraging to see that um, given the really tough times that a, a lot of residents and, and people overall have, have faced during this pandemic. Yes. Check out that story, uh, that feature. Um, and we're going to Move down a little bit, and we're going to straddle the Edens and cover two communities in Winneka and Northfield to talk about a, a Nutria High School story. And they had a board meeting this week, and they talked about how, as the uh, pandemic continues to regress and um, they start to figure things out, that, that they got some attendance updates. Yeah, so we'll have a chance to to hit both Winneka and Northfield here. Obviously, with Nutria having um, campuses in both villages, but. At the Board of Education meeting this past Monday night, uh, Superintendent Dr. Paul Sally told the Board of Education that the district is looking forward to welcoming some more students and getting past the 50% uh, capacity threshold that we've so often heard as sort of the, the limit that's been in place for the last um, 12 months now since the pandemic first started back in March of uh, 2020. So. Uh, Dr. Sally estimated that once that fourth quarter starts, which is going to be in early April, when Nutria students and faculty members return from spring break, they're anticipating, and these are minimum estimates right now, but they're anticipating 55% uh, of the student population will be learning on campus at the Northfield campus and about 45% at the Winneka campus. So 
not quite exceeding that 50% threshold at Winneka yet, but they're definitely expecting that those, pro those projections will only increase uh, as we get further along in the school year. And this is going to be a really nice way for um, Nutria and the district to sort of have, for lack of a better term, a test run of next school year. Um, obviously, as we get closer and closer here to the uh, fall of 2021, that'll be the start of the next school year. So once that gets rolling, the plans from the district, I'm sure, are to um, bring in as many students as possible to both their campuses. So with this increased capacity coming in, it'll uh, give the district a chance to test out its operational plan and, and work out all the kinks so that when uh, fall of 2021 comes around, they'll be uh, as best prepared as possible for this. And that covers both those communities, like we mentioned. And, uh, you know, skipping back over to Kenilworth, just uh, we don't have a main story here. Just wanted to update you on a story we've been following. The fountain, um, basically Kenilworth Square right there in the middle of town is, is done. The, uh, the top of the fountain is up, so you guys can check it out. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll get you a photo soon. But uh, we know we've been on a couple stories with that and how it was donated um, by a resident, um, the funding for it. <clears throat> so it is complete. Check it out. Um, now going to south to Wilmette and the final community in our up and down the shore. Um, we're going to talk about a GoFundMe back in, um, back a month ago, we covered a, a fire that broke out at a home in Wilmette. Um, it, it luckily, fortunately, no one was hurt and the home was not completely destroyed, but the family was displaced because of the, um, the, the volume of smoke damage in the home. So the Storm family was displaced and there's a GoFundMe right now um, to help them um, fund some of the costs that are associated with, with that and, and um, being displaced, living in a hotel. Um, some of their, a lot of their items, many of their items had to be thrown out um, and you know the insurance claiming and then that process, there's a lot of red tape around it, it takes a while. So their GoFundMe has been, has been responded to by the community to, um, to a good extent. Um, they, they were seeking $15,000 and they've already raised 14,000. So you can check this out, um, at, uh, at GoFundMe and search storm family fire emergency. You can also check out our, our story and, and we link to the GoFundMe account, but the storm family said it's been a pretty difficult ride, um, since February 14th is a Valentine's day fire. Um, when that, uh, when the fire displaced them, fire was caused by an electric blanket. Um, there, some advice, um, that, uh, that they wanted to give you was basically, um, if you rent, have insurance, if you have an electric blanket, throw it out and, if, and make sure you always have an escape plan. So, uh, fortunately no one was hurt, but there's a GoFundMe that has been backed by more than a hundred people in the community. Um, so go check that out for the storm family. And that's up and down the shore, guys. That's our second segment. Thank you very much uh, for listening through that. And um, we finish things up here with our featured feature, our fan favorite featured feature. And we have a really cool one out of Wilmette, worked on by our managing editor, Megan Bernard, um, who wrote a story about a bunch of volunteers who have signed up for a program in Wilmette that called the uh, Community Caretakers Program, um, which was actually installed early in the pandemic to help um, to help people get tested, to help check on the elderly and the less mobile um, and the differently disabled um, during the early stages of the pandemic. But now it's, it's evolved um, to help people with vaccine appointments. And we know that's been a, um, a confusing, if not a convoluted process. 
Yeah, it's really encouraging to uh, to see something like this, Joe, because as you mentioned, getting uh, appointments for the vaccine has just caused a lot of frustration for for many people um, throughout not only our communities but in the in the state and the United States uh, as a whole because of the limited uh, limited availability of them and some of the frustrations that go with um, getting these appointments. So to see so far over a hundred volunteers uh, currently registered in the program helping out those who are really looking for assistance is just really encouraging because, um, you know, not only during this pandemic, but just in, in life in general, it's very important to whenever you're able to uh, just help out others, be, be a kind person and uh, put forward as much effort as you can to, to help out your, your friends, your neighbors, and even, even people you, you, are, you haven't met before. Um, and this is, this is just something that that's really great to see. And as we've mentioned before in, in previous podcast episodes, if you are listening and you're, you're still having trouble finding a vaccine appointment, um, just like with anything else in life, don't be afraid to reach out to someone for help. Um, you're certainly welcome to reach out to us via our, our newsroom email address or either one of our email addresses. Um, you're certainly encouraged to reach out to the village, um, but any of these means that you feel um, can sort of help you in getting these appointments, please feel free to reach out. And as I said, we'd be happy to, to help you point you in the right direction or even see if we can maybe test our luck. But um, don't hesitate to, to ask for help is the message I'm trying to get across because these are, uh, these are life-saving measures and it's really encouraging to see uh, so many residents take, take to this. Yeah, and this was written, uh, published a couple of days ago. And at that time they have helped uh, they had helped um, about 20 residents schedule or receive their first dose. So um, it, it has been effective. They can help you get the, get the vaccine or get it scheduled. Um, so if you're having difficulty, like Marty said, reach out. You can call um, Alex Ortega with the village at 847-857-7502 or the Women's Club of Wilmette. I'm sorry if I did not mention they are a big part of this. Um, the Women's Club of uh, Wilmette, welcome back to town. And um, they are at 847-251-0527. All that info on our website as well. So thank you guys very much for listening. That is... Um, that is our uh, featured feature, and that means that is our show. Um, so like I said, we quickly try to get you a summary of all the stuff we've covered. Um, and uh, before we let you go completely, give you a little bit of a look ahead. And Marty, what do we got coming up in the next few days? Yeah, earlier on, you teased some of our election coverage, Joe. So we definitely want to, like, like we mentioned, encourage our readers and listeners to keep checking the site daily because there will be uh, very frequently new election coverage updated um, on the homepage, as well as that individual election page that we mentioned. And then for our sports fans out there listening, um, big week for the local sports community with high school football cover com coming up um, and our team, our coverage teams debuting this week with uh, both Loyola and New Trier opening their seasons on Friday. So we'll have that coverage ready to go for you first thing Saturday morning, maybe even Friday night for you if you want to stay up a little bit late and uh, look out for it. And then we are also have been working on a story, Joe, about a uh, comprehensive plan from the Wilmette Park District regarding Gilson Park. So obviously a very popular area in our coverage um, towns in, in Wilmette there. So we're working on uh, detailing everything that's going on at the Park District with uh, Gilson Park there. 
So plenty coming up, guys. Stay tuned. Um, keep checking every day. There's new, fresh content on the recordnorthshore.org. Remember, we are a reader-funded nonprofit news site. If you value this coverage, if you find it useful for you or your family or someone in town, you just like it around. Um, think about donating. Think about subscribing. Two different ways that could help um, push our efforts forward and keep this information in the community. Thank you again, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>